Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the Box? What is in the box? What's in the fucking box? <laughs> What's in the fucking box today? Today, in the box, we've got Nailbiter by writer Joshua Williamson and artist Mike Henderson. It was a 2014 to 2017 um, comic, uh, graphic novel series from Image Comics. And um, actually, I don't believe I got to tell you this before uh, we rec started recording, Joanna, but a new series, Nailbiter Returns, premiered June 3rd. What? Of this month, yes. <gasps> They're doing a, a sequel that starts apparently the day after this one ends. Uh, this series ends called Nailbiter Returns. <laughs> I found that out where I was looking up stuff. So, oh man, we go. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, man. that sounds pretty cool. This whole series is just sounds pretty it's it's so good. Like, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Uh, why don't you give us a summary of like what this is? Let, let's clue our listeners <laughs> uh, in into what exactly we're talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So, nail biter. Um, it's set in a fictional town. Why? And I'm blanking out on the town's name. I'm starting this off. Buckaroo. Buckaroo. Start, starting Buckaroo, this podcast Oregon. off real good. It's right there in the notes. Good job, Joanna. Um, this fictional town of Buckaroo, um, which for whatever reason, um, it, it, the country, most of the country's like serial killers were born in this place, were raised in this place, and went on to become very infamous serial killers, like 16 and all. Um, the series... Nailbiter is named for one of those killers um, who has this incredible fixation on biting people's fingernails off. You know, so instead of your foot mm -hmm. fetish, you got a weird hand nail fetish. Um, and other than that, um, there is kind of all this weird activity that's going on and around the town. Um, there's new people turning right. up murdered and they're starting to wonder like, is this a new serial killer? Is it an old one that has returned? Um, so you have right. Nick Finch, uh, an FBI agent working together with Shannon Crane, who's the sheriff along with Elliot Carroll, another FBI person and a bunch of other people working together in the small town to kind of figure out what's going on. And of course they have right. to en en uh, enlist the help of the nail biter himself. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of all kicks off when, um, Elliot Carroll, an FBI agent calls his friend, uh, Nicholas Finch saying he figured out why the serial killers have come from Buckaroo, like what the secret is. That's the whole thrust of the graphic novel series is why have so many serial killers been born in Buckaroo and they're known as the Buckaroo butchers. Mm -hmm. And um, so let's talk about the first thing I'd kind of like to get into is since the town and we've been talking about the town before we get into the specific characters. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit about the relationship between the people and where they're from. Like just in general, like this, this actually um, a, some of this comic and some of the pieces in it have actually to do with people dealing with where they come mm -hmm. from. And while ostensibly we're talking about Buckaroo and people having the reputation of coming from a place that breeds serial killers, <laughs> this can be applied. I think to so many oh, things, absolutely. you know, if you say I'm from New York, if you say I'm from LA, if you say I'm from Texas, if you say, mm -hmm. you know, I'm from Florida, people have these, get these immediate conceptions of what you're like, whether they're accurate or not. And, and they kind of deal with that a little bit. You know, there's a relationship between, people who come from Buckaroo and their relationship with the town mm -hmm. itself and coming from that and dealing with the stigma and the stories that come with it. You know, it's like saying I'm from Salem, Massachusetts. 
you know, or something like that with all the witch trials yeah. and everything, you know, it's, you know, towns have history. And how do we lay to that history? And how do people treat us because of that history? Mm -hmm. I thought was kind of an interesting question. So uh, what do you think about like, what are some of the various ways do you think that the town uh, and I should probably apologize. This is my teacher coming through. I just realized that I'm totally like <laughs> being a teacher here and <laughs> treating poor Joanna like my student. Be like, what do you what think, do I think, student? What do I think? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But Joanna's a teacher I don't know too. So she what do you, how about you tell me the material? I don't want to do my homework. Like. <laughs> Joanna's a teacher too. Um, so. Yeah. Tell me it into your homework. Or just gonna... <laughs> Whatever, teach. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no. Whatever. I would definitely say, like, this town in particular, there is the, I guess, there's a definite split among the town soak between being kind of ashamed of the reputation of the town, but then there's another consortium that absolutely embraces it. I mean, you've got Raleigh Woods who has a fucking murder store there that he's yes, embracing yeah. the history of this town to make a couple bucks. Right. You know, and it's, right. um, essentially creates this little mini tour, this tourist trap there where, you know, if there was a real life place somewhere in the world where most of the serial killers came from and there was a store with merch there, oh man, I would take a road trip there for sure. Girl, we'd both go. We'd do a, we'd do a live podcast from live there. Live podcast from like, the murder store in Buckaroo. Yeah, from the murder store. We'd be like, Nelson's in the box right here at the murder store right. in Buckaroo, Oregon. Absolutely. Right? You know, people, they're not wrong. That, you know, because that kind of goes into what is the relationship that people have with these monsters that do stuff. And you kind of get a whole gamut of them in this graphic novel, just like you get a whole gamut of people who live in the town. Because then you have another character, Daniel Castle, mm -hmm. who moved from Buckaroo, lied about where he was from. Because he didn't want that to follow him. Like no one would hire him or give him a right. job or anything like that because he was from Buckaroo. It was like a, a plot point. Yeah. Of, you know, this guy moved. He was from Buckaroo, but he lied about where he was from because, you know, he didn't want to tell anybody he was there versus, uh, you know, Raleigh Woods, who you were just talking about with the murder story. Yeah. And it kind of relates to the relationship people have with the history of their town but also how we relate to kind of morbid histories as people and like as a country, you know, you have things like, uh, you know, um, natural born killers yeah. and things like that, that are ostensibly all about the celebrity and the kind of stuff that goes around with people who kill. Yeah. Right. And how there's a more drive now to not do that, not throw their name all over the news and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, I think we've really moving, moved away. One can hope. I mean, and this is me being optimistic here, y'all, because y'all will probably be in there like we still do that today. But, um, you know, that the Bundy and Gacy and everything who kind of had these cult followings and all that other stuff and everything like that bundy especially mm -hmm. you know had women outside the courthouse and all that other stuff and how how not only do we how we relate to where we're from but how we deal with the relationship between us in general and the morbid parts of our history yeah i felt like um Going off of what you just said about Ted Bundy, it's interesting because the nail biter killer for whom the series is named is named after. I almost felt like there's this Ted Bundy like vibe to him because if if you look at how how they drew him, he's yeah he's, like, he's a good looking guy, and so was Ted Bundy, and yeah. that was kind of the whole thing with Ted Bundy. Nobody could believe he did it because he was so good looking, he looked innocent, you know he he was a clean cut guy, there wasn't anything like creepy yeah. about him, and that's kind of the same thing with with yeah, the nail with biter. Warren. yeah, yeah um yeah. you know, and I think he's very charismatic yes. in the book, he's very charismatic, very smart, 
um you know yeah so yeah there is that that kind of relationship and everything yeah and i um you know between raleigh and daniel like how daniel moved away from the town and didn't want anything to be associated with it you know there was also these rumors of like the townspeople thinking that their town is cursed you know they're always just waiting for the next killer to pop up um and of course the people who are who are more likely to believe that are the people who have a greater emotional attachment to it a connection and of course those are going to be the families of the victims so Mm-hmm. It logically makes sense that that whole mentality in the town is going to be split between those two extremes, whereas Raleigh is looking at it more like um, an FBI profiler from a very forensic point of view. And I think in general, like a lot of us who have these sort of fascinations with killers, it's this drive to sort of understand how their mind works, because mm-hmm. then that way you understand the killer and the horror that they bring with them. So then that way you learn to recognize it and then they're not as scary anymore. Remind me of that later. (laughs) Because I really want to come back to that when we start talking about war. When we start talking about the nearby, Mm -hmm. I want to come back to this point. So remind me of it because I have a really good quote about this and so I really want to remember when we start talking about I kind of want to save Warren and that whole relationship for a bit later um because I want to get into some of the other um you know um other Mm -hmm. other instances that I have here um the the relationship of the butchers and the town you know, I think it is very interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Like these people have come from this town, um, especially the blonde who comes back. Mm-hmm. Right. And of her, she claims that she wasn't really one of them. Yeah. Right. That, um, you know, that she wasn't really a butcher. She just, you know, um, her whole thing was, you know, somebody would cat call her and she would, uh, take them and sew their mouth shut and then parade with them through the streets and everything like that. And a lot of people felt like she was a saint for Mm -hmm. that. Like she wasn't doing anything bad. She was getting rid of this nasty behavior. Um, But she comes back to Buckaroo Mm -hmm. and which is interesting, um, you know, that she comes back, you know, and her idea was she was going to, because, you know, Raleigh uh, gets killed in the uh, spoilers. Sorry, folks. I, I mean, you should know by now. We, we talk about the whole thing. All spoilers. So. <laughs> it's all spoilers. Um, that uh, she comes back after Raleigh Wood dies mm-hmm. on the murder store and is going to bring it back. Right. Yeah. And is going to make kind of like a bigger, better one being what's considered a butcher herself i mean she did she did kill them you know after yeah torturing them and everything but she i i again related her to eileen eileen warnos thank you i mean she i i mean she was more than cat called by men in real life and it was almost like this sense of justice that she felt needed to be done, but also like protecting herself. So when, when you kind of uh-huh. look at that, look at those real murders that happen, and then you kind of compare them with the blonde there, it's almost like they have legitimate reasons for doing that. So you are able to empathize with them just, just a bit more. And I think, well, now that I think about it, it seems like a lot of them have um, real serial killer counterparts. The blonde could be Eileen Mm -hmm. Wuornos. You have uh, the, the, what WTF killer who would probably be the BTK killer, the clown car killer, which would probably be Gacy. Um, You know, they, they probably making a good Samaritan would definitely be Bundy. Mm -hmm. Because Bundy did that were were a were a uh mm-hmm. you know 
sling and stuff to get people to feel bad and want to help and stuff like that. I'd have to go through, but my guess is they probably, you know, kind of went through and at least took some from most of them. Mule. Yeah. Most of what them. What did um now the uh the book burner, one of the first killers? Were there any killers that mm. burned down lives? libraries and killed all the people in in them yeah i don't know i'd have to you know now i feel bad like i'm losing my my horror cred no. or something but no I but really i mean there was i mean they the the graphic novels like they don't go into detail into all of the killers i know they at least reference them but the ones that were more integral to the plot like the blonde especially you know, uh, ones that get like a, a starring role, they're obviously more easier to remember, especially with their ties um, to real life serial killer count counterparts. Right. And I mean, I I don't know if that's what the creators of the series intended, but you know, that's just they're easily lines yeah. are easily connected, yeah. right? So it's just I just thought it was interesting to think about how you know, the butchers themselves kind of relate to the town, yeah. you know, like they're kind of what's making it famous and holding it back at the same mm -hmm. time. And at least the blonde feels an attachment to it in some way yeah. and coming back. Um, you know, so I, I found that kind of a little interesting aspect of like, you know, the town produced the butchers and it's kind of this kind of symbiotic relationship is, you know, the town's known because of this, you know, and how do the butchers feel? Do they feel like the town made them the way they are? Mm -hmm. Do they not do, you know, what do they think? Yeah. Right? You know, um, we don't really get that, but it would kind of be interesting to kind of ponder that they probably have mixed reactions and stuff as well, you know? Um, being serial killers, you know, just that weird kind of symbiotic relationship the town itself has with, them, yeah, you know, um, of you know, they're what make the town famous, but also it's not a good thing, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, interesting. Yeah. Not a good thing to be so, famous uh, for, but still, right? But it's just, yeah, but it's just this, you know, <laughs> um, because everything in the town is affected mm -hmm. by it. You know, that's what you get. I mean, everybody, as they say, is related to one of them somehow. Yeah. You know, uncle, cousin, grandfather, you know, whatever. Lover. Mm -hmm. Lover, <laughs> as, right? we'll as we'll get into. As we'll get into. You know, are all like a part of it. Um, so with that, what would the town be without that history? Right. Another town. And what would the butchers be without coming from Buckaroo, you know, because they all get kind of lumped together, yeah. you know, um, but they're all so different as well. I don't know. It's, it's kind of an interesting, you know, I don't know if I have an answer to that. It's just, a, you know, an interesting question to ponder, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, when we talk about like fascination with killers and murders and everything, they're the, I guess, and I'm going to use like Jack the Ripper and Whitechapel as an example because those murders, I mean, 1881, like it's still, people still re research it. Um, comics and movies have been made about it. People still write books about it. Um, so there's... It's even referenced in the graphic novel itself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there is a sense, like, I guess the, the, the more horrific things that happen in a single place, I think just based on people's own personal beliefs, maybe in the supernatural or afterlife or something, that obviously isn't some sort of coincidence. There is something else at work there. Although there is a scientific, logical explanation by it, or it's just an absolutely cursed town. You know, a bunch of people, bunch of white mm -hmm. people moved in and built, you know, their houses on top of an ancient, like, 
graveyard that they weren't supposed to do. You know, you get mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of those <laughs> types, types of stories mm -hmm. too, you know. Well, technically, the whole United States is built yes. on a Native American. Yes, it is. So, oh, yeah. And, Everybody's yeah, angry. Really... Every single land is cursed in the U.S. Yeah. Feel exactly. Feeling that 2020 right now. All <laughs> <laughs> right, 2020. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, so let's move on to some of the characters. Um, let's talk about, um, um, I think, the agents first. Mm -hmm. I want to go to Elliot um, and Finch because they're kind of the first ones that we All meet. Right. Um, and so I kind of want to go into their relationship a little bit. Finch, I mean, I found it really interesting because Finch um, mm -hmm. felt obligated to go and help Elliot when he called him from Buckaroo, yeah. even though he didn't want to. And uh, we find out that that's because, you know, Elliot helped him yeah. out. And, and he felt like Elliot was the only one that he could, you know, that, that was his friend or that, you know, understood him and that he could tell things yeah. to. So, of course, he was going to help him out and drive and come up yeah. there. Um, he didn't have much to live for, as he said. Mm -hmm. Um, so he came up, you know, he even tells that to Elliot, like, Hey, you know, um, you know, Hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not in a good place, you know, and all that stuff. And Elliot's like, well, then, mm. you know, you have a little time to come up here first, you know, and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and Finch goes very far for his friend, yeah. Elliot you know, staying there and investigating and, um, you know, help, trying to figure out what's going on to help mm -hmm. him until he dies. And then after Elliot dies, um, Finch feels that he has to figure it yeah. out for his sake. There's, Carry yeah. on. And bit. I mean, Finch, it's, and I mean, also with Finch is an interesting, imperfect F FBI um, a agent in in his own right um, because during an interrogation he kind of took things a little too far and accidentally killed. Yeah, killed, I mean that's his specialty. His specialty is getting pe people to talk, and he's not above tor torturing them. You know, so there's already this sense of like, well, how, you know, is Finn, like, how far removed is Finch from being a killer in the first place? So he already has that connection to Buckaroo, whether he likes it or not, because he, he's a killer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, regardless if he regretted it or not, which, which she did. Yeah. Um, but, but he still tortured yeah. people, regardless of if he'd done it before and not killed mm -hmm. anybody. He was still a torturer, essentially, yeah. you know, traumatizing people and torturing them to get information. Yeah. And but you can um, argue those people kind of deserve to be tortured because if they were murder suspects, but then, you know, that's something that's something yeah, else that the book. You can. The, the comics don't necessarily like delve deep into that sort of philosophy, but he has right. a relationship to murder personally yeah <laughs> so. and i yeah he does and i think i actually think that one of the themes that go through it even if they don't deal with it um and we can talk about this near the end too where we're kind of getting to like the stuff that's revealed at the end but basically the whole idea of how do people become monsters and what makes you a monster mm -hmm. And is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it, is it something else? Is a big thing. You know, that's what we end up finding out uh, via the Whitechapel Project, which is, that's what we were talking about before, the reference to Jack the Ripper. Doctor comes in the Whitechapel Project to find out what makes people kill, whether it's nature, nurture, environment, genetic, whatever, right? And, uh, and we can get into what the answer they came up with for that. But I do think that at least some of it was, even if he doesn't deal with, he has a, the relationship to murder and his is very interesting. And everybody kind of has their own relationship with it in a way, being from Buckaroo. Mm -hmm. um, that, 
it, it, that some of the bigger theme is what makes you a monster. Yeah. How are monsters made? How are killers made? You know, and, and do some of the things we do make us any better than others? You know, yeah. we can do horrible things. And why do we do horrible things? You know, why does that happen? Absolutely. And just- Which is kind of a bigger question that we kind of, we can get into. Um, but then you have the whole, um, we can get into when we get into like nail biter and the whole climax. Well, and I even think like, to a good segue from that if if you want to move on um is looking at um carol mr carol um it's that that very those same questions that you posed that's kind of what drives him right because he's very much obsessed with the town of buckaroo and all these killings and everything and he's I I wouldn't say like your stereotypical like he's not a vigilante investigator because he is also an FBI agent but he has that like level of obsession that you see a lot of times whether it's in uh, you know this in the same genre or in noir or true crime or things or things like that it's like and investigators that one case that sticks with them you know like the case mm-hmm. that got away whatever you know that the buckaroo killings the town like that is his that's his obsession that is his crypt kryptonite um it makes me think of jake gyllenhaal in zodiac <laughs> but yeah that movie, i mean he yeah, yeah he 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 just was a regular dude who was obsessed with these killings and was trying to, you know, crack the code yeah. alongside the police, but he wasn't a, a detective or anything like that, you know? So at least with yeah. Elliot Carroll, there is, he has, there's more kind of credence to what he's doing because he is an actual FBI agent. But again, he lets his obsessions get the best of him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true. You know, what relationship do we have with knowledge and being ignorant and not knowing things and what drives us to kind of, because some of the other characters had that too, like Alice Crane Mm -hmm. um, had that obsession of trying to find out what's going on. And some of the others get kind of pulled on into that as well. So um yeah so let's let's get into um those three let's get into alice and shannon and finch like working together kind of to figure it out um you know they don't want to at first shannon and finch don't want to work together at Mm -hmm. first but they kind of come together in the cause um and then alice wanting to figure it out kind of gets involved in because you find out that she's actually shannon's daughter Uh, with the nail biter (laughs) yeah so she when she gets personally involved the three of them become a united Mm -hmm. trio in trying to figure out what's going on um and you know as many warnings as they have not to do it as many warnings as they have that it's not a good idea um they don't they kind of persist so again it's that relationship like you were talking mm-hmm. uh, like you were talking about with of you know what don't we know yeah. you know like how do we relate to stuff that we're ignorant about do we kind of let it go and just say you know some things are not best left you know or best left unknown or do we try to find out and i mean with with alice i mean the fact that she's you know the neil butter's daughter you it goes mm. back to what we were saying before about, you know, like w- what makes people kill? What makes them interested in these things? Is it nature, nurture, g- genetics, whatever? And I mean, with Alice, you could make the argument it is literally genetic. <laughs> you, you could. could. You could. Um, until we get to yes. the end. Um, <laughs> and, then we, and then we find out. Um, but um let, let's see before, before um 
you know, we get into that. There are any other, you know, um, kind of lower characters we want to get into before we get into like the nail biter and the white crack. I project. feel like you do. And- you have something you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I just did want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about uh, the Fairgold oh, family. Yes. Uh, the priest and the and the bully and the wife and how the priest, you know, was also trying to figure out what was going on, but was kind of antagonistic to kind of the main three that were going on. And they eventually get him to the side and have to work with him just because. But, you know, I mean, that was what was really interesting with this graphic novel, that everybody had their own way of dealing with the history of the town, whether it was trying to investigate it, trying to cure it of its curse like Fairgold did, or trying to monopolize it like like Raleigh Woods did. It, it was a really good example of like how how like mm-hmm. we all relate to these things differently. Yeah. And that our relationships to these things to the very same issue in this case, the, the, the serial killers coming from yeah. this town can be very different, yeah. you know, in our reaction to it. You know, we try to monopolize it. We try to, like, cure it. We try to investigate mm-hmm. it. You know, we try to ignore it. We try to do all of these other things. And they all work out in different ways, you know, whether or not they should or shouldn't have or whether they regret or don't regret yeah. it or whatever. Uh, absolutely. I think um, to jump off of your your points i mean with with the uh priest i mean obviously his relationship to, to the town is going to be very heavily influenced by his not only his o- occupation but his the whole, his actual religion um and i mean Catholicism, you know, we, we grew up Catholic. It's so heavily entrenched in good versus evil, God versus the devil. So to have a priest in this town be very antagonistic to everybody there uh, because of what's going on, like he definitely, he, he, in the store, he's definitely painted as a total asshole. But when you take kind of his emotional motivation into account he is that way because he literally believes like the town like the town is basically turning in to hell or the town is hell and he Mm -hmm. wants to save as many people as he can um he's Mm -hmm. for him it's coming from a place about you know saving these people's souls so when he looks at things like the murder store he's instantly you know his his first impression is go- is going to be like oh sinner you know but it's 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 because yeah. of of his own personal beliefs and his background so again going back to how whoops i accidentally hit the key whoops <laughs> from my computer um <laughs> um you know how you relate to something like this town depends on what type of emotional connection you have with it. And I'm, I'm glad right. you brought up the Fairgolds because they have a much, I think, I think they're pretty much the only ones that like have that specific type of connection to the town. Everything else is pretty like widely rep represented. Um, but they're, they're, they're right. the ones that have the different point point of view right and and even if you know it's kind of like because the kid the the son hank is Mm -hmm. a bully he's an asshole and so it's like it doesn't and and his dad's a priest you know so it's kind of like telling you that like just because you're not like there are other sins and there are other things going on. Yes, murder is bad and everything like yeah. that. But just because you're not a butcher doesn't mean that you're a good person in Buckaroo. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, you know, it's just kind of interesting. You know, just basically talking a lot about morality and what we decide is good. Yeah. You know, and for what reasons? Like looking at how people kind of sainted the blonde a bit, whereas the others were not. How do we define morality? How do we define what is moral? Yeah. You know, if we know somebody has no choice, 
Is it more moral, which is like what we were talking about a little earlier about why do we kill? If we know someone has no choice, it's in their DNA. Does that then make it moral? Right? Like, does that then make it okay? Because you can dismiss it, right? Because, oh, it's just their DNA. It's just what they were built to do. Even though what that is harms other people, you know, and you can apply that to other things. If somebody does something, right? Yeah. And you find out that they were abused. Yeah. Right? They, if this person does something toxic and you find out that they were abused, how much does that mitigate what they did, if yeah. at all? And I'm just postulating. I can say my personal belief is that it, it doesn't. It kind of doesn't give you an yeah. excuse. It, 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 you know, if you have something in you that, that caused this trauma or causes this thing, it's kind of up to you to manage it as well as best you can. Um, you know, like personally in my, in my, you know, I'm hard of hearing. Right. And that's a thing that I can't mm-hmm. control. It's just something that happened because of my genetics. I'm hard of hearing. I lost it relatively early in my thirties, but that doesn't give me excuse to get annoyed at people if I'm yelling too loud and they ask me to, to, you know, be quiet or whatever, like I understand that I live in a society with other people Mm -hmm. and that while I do want accommodations that I can have for my condition, like closed captioning and ASL and things that I might use to help me, it doesn't give me the right to be a jerk or, or to, you know, just decide I'm not going to wear my hearing aids and therefore make everybody have to shout or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it's like people do have a responsibility to accommodate you and understand what led to how whatever it is you have, whether a trauma or a physical condition, you know, but, it, but it's a both things both sides kind of have to work to mitigate the things I can't Mm. just let it be and expect. And that's the same thing with trauma and other things, you know, it does cause things and that's not your fault, but how you deal with it does, you know, fall upon you. You have to do the work. You have to go to therapy. You have to go to the doctor. You have to, you know, do the things that you need to do to give yourself the best quality of life as possible. And that doesn't mean we're talking about being normal, quote unquote, right? That's not what it's about. Nobody's normal, right? We don't, we don't have that, right? We just That's don't. Nobody normal. is. There's stuff. You're not. You're okay. Don't even talk about it. You're definitely not normal. <laughs> definitely not. Um, But what it means is that you have the best quality of life that you can have within your Mm -hmm. limitations. You do what you can do. And then other people meet you halfway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Except when you go start murdering people, that's where like, you did, you didn't manage that very well. (laughs) Ultimate asshole. (laughs) You know, kid. A kid yeah. being a bully is one thing. Like kids who who learn that, he learned it from his father, the priest. Definitely, you know. Like we can understand yeah. like why he was ranting and screaming at people and calling everybody sinners and whatever else. You know, that didn't work to put the townspeople on his side. So that's why he was an asshole. You know. Yeah. You know. But it, but it's that whole idea of everybody has their own stuff. And, and like I said, part of the idea of the book was how much is nature? How much is nurture? How much does that mitigate your own choices? Yeah. You know, um, which I think, and now that means it's a perfect time that we can kind of get into the meat of it and talk about kind of the finale yeah. and the nail biter. Yes. He's one of my favorite like fictional characters that I've ever seen in a comic book only because I by by the end I was totally like sim- sympathizing with him 
but yet I'm like, you're a terrible person. You are not sorry for what you did. And yet I like you. What the hell is wrong with me? But I think that's what this series is supposed to do. It's supposed to purposefully poke at your morals and your ethics. (laughs) So... Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And and it and oftentimes fiction does this in a way where they take microcosmic kind of things that everyday people have and they blow them up into extraordinary situations to kind of cast light mm-hmm. on them. Like the idea that somebody can do bad shit but still be charismatic and still do good things every once in a while. Um, and all of that stuff, you know, and you can liken that and tone it down to somebody who lies about piddly yeah. stuff, right? Like, oh, yeah, I went to Japan over the summer. And you know they didn't. Like what? No, you right? totally like, photoshopped like, that why? on your Facebook. <laughs> right. But then in other ways, they're like fun to hang around. They're smart and yeah. whatever. And it's like. So, so it's kind of taking that idea of people having all these different aspects of mm. themselves, the good, the bad, and kind of blowing it out to say, like, what if those bad things were you're a serial yeah. killer, right? Just to, just to kind of, but you can also, you know, kind of turn the dial back and forth and just look at it as a question of how do we feel about these people who have huge flaws, but then other qualities. How do you balance those scales of redeeming qualities and flaws? And how we all make our own choice about that. Everybody in the book, when looking at the nail biter and who he is as charismatic and the good things he did, helping them out, and as conflicted as he was, still a serial killer. And everybody dealt with it in their own way. Some people were willing to move on from it, I guess, at the very least, maybe, you know, just a little or at least enough to work with him. And others never do and never have that. And, you know, and so it's kind of left to the reader to sit there and think about how you yourself kind Mm -hmm. of moralize all of that. Right. And I mean, knowing and... I don't know if we want to, you know, really give away the entire ending and the whole reason why there are so many serial killers in this town. But if we're going back again, coming back to nature versus the the nurture um, idea, I mean, Warren, the or uh, Ed Ed uh, Edward Warren, the nail biter. I mean, he saw two dead bodies when he was a kid it was a suicide murder you know so you could say you know like without proper treatment as a child you know that clearly like emotionally affected him but would it be enough to turn him into a killer you know if you look at real studies done about this um i i I mean it, it it being exposed to something like that as a child is definitely very traumatic, but it's not that on its own isn't what leads to somebody like growing up to murder somebody else when they get older. Plenty of people right. don't don't do that, you know. So that's where the whole curse of right. the town and the ending of the series comes in. <laughs> I, I think yeah. we should because I think it's kind of important to yeah. the theme. Um, as to what we're talking about. Go for it. Um, because, <laughs> yeah. okay, so the whole idea is that they found this way of being able to determine if somebody did have this gene that would turn them into a killer or not. And you would you could activate it, right? And a lot of people, when they discovered this, when Alice discovered it, when some of the other butchers discovered it, realized this couldn't get out because it would just be use it was knowledge that nobody should have um however they all took the test Mm -hmm. right and and it turns out it's very interesting because alice and shannon take it they're negative for this killer gene right of course you know that's not really the two interesting results 
or the two interesting reactions. One is Nicholas Finch. They offer it to him and he's like, no, like, I know who I am. I know what I am, which is very interesting. Like, instead of saying and being, I find that a very interesting choice because instead of finding out if he had this gene or not, Finch says, that doesn't matter. I made my choices. I made my decisions. I am what I am. Regardless of if I'm positive or negative, I can't change the things that I've done or who I am. So I don't want to know. It, it doesn't matter. Whereas the nail biter wanted to know. He was very conflicted trying to figure out why he was the way he was mm-hmm. as well. And turns out that he was negative yeah. <laughs> for this. And, and that's why they tell him, the people who are involved in the Whitechapel project, that why he was an anomaly and why they wanted him to come back so mm-hmm. bad because he was somebody who killed and was a serial killer, but yet did not have the gene. So he was their outlier, mm-hmm. right? Somebody who didn't have the gene, somebody they didn't activate, but still killed because he wanted to or something else made him. So it kind of threw their whole theories mm-hmm out of whack so that question that they asked right the question of what makes you a monster the end of it is basically we don't know and the nail biter is proof that we don't know yeah right i mean what do you think how did you feel about that revelation exactly the same way you did i mean you can look at I mean, we've had, what, the human genome mapped for how many decades now? Like, a while. And we've done so much research on it to the point where we specifically know, like, okay, this little piece, this, like, sequence numbers of proteins and whatever sort of acids, like, we know specifically this part of the gene controls this we know it makes this happen in the body if there's a mutation in this you get liver cancer you know or you're more susceptible to it right but it's the same idea you you could have these mutated genes there could be a chance of it happening but it doesn't necessarily mean that it will so right then if it does happen though then what caused it normally scientifically we look at external factors right you know okay if you've got cancer if it wasn't genetically related did somebody in your house smoke or did you hang around in parking garages too too much and inhale all the the toxins from car car exhaust and things and things like that was it was it something in your food was it high fructose corn corn syrup you know there we're always for people who don't know, they're always searching for a reason why, whether it's to figure out themselves who they are or to figure out why something is happening to them. In the case of Finch, it's it's I'm, I I like that you paired those two together because they represent both ends of the spectrum. Finch is obviously somebody who's like, I already know myself. I know my life story. I know I did why I did it you know, my genetics aren't going to change that. And they're not going to change who I am. They're not going to change how I look at myself. Whereas with the nail biter, like you mentioned, he was hoping that there could be an easy explanation as to why he was the way that he was, which would have been, oh, genetically, this is it. You know, it's, Almost as if he has a bit of a conscience. Almost. And if he if he would have been told, yes, you have the gene, this is why you are the way that you are, then it's like, okay, well, I couldn't help myself. It's literally in my DNA. But we all know that's an excuse mm-hmm. because, you know, there could be stuff in our DNA – you know, like for, as a dumb, a dumb example, 
uh, my DNA gave me dark brown hair. You know, uh, I dye it different colors. <laughs> you know, it's just just because your DNA says you have something or you could get something or you're a, cer a certain height or what whatever else that doesn't make you who you are what makes you who you are are your experiences and and your choices in life yeah no matter yeah. what your genetic deals with you you know no matter what your genetics deal you yeah you know whether a, a disease or a condition or something that you have to deal with it's not who you yeah. are right it, it, it's what you have to to manage and react to but it's not an excuse it's not an excuse to say for for bad behavior yeah. or, or wretched behavior yeah you know and uh, also i mean if you look at the blonde she's obviously okay with her choices she comes back to the town she oh yeah she was like I'm yeah not she's, sorry. she's she's not sorry yeah. she she has this this whole mindset of like she was dispensing justice granted uh her justice was a just a little bit extreme but she doesn't <laughs> feel sorry about it you know because she knows why she did it she actively made that right. choice whereas like warren he never understood his reasons for killing it was just this compulsion, right? And we see that a lot with some psychological studies that are done with serial killers. You hear a lot that like, it is a perverse compulsion, but no, nobody knows exactly why, why it happens. And I mean, right. And I don't want to make the talk yeah. of like, we were talking about like, um, you know of dealing with it and it's not an excuse sort of thing to 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 dissuade people from you know, or to think that i'm disparaging people who have disabilities or things to deal with because you know i do i do um yeah. you know it, it's yeah. it's just you know we all have we all have things so i don't want people to think it's like you know just pull your up by your own bootstraps you know join the that's not what i mean i mean i i, I mean it in the sense of to the best of your potential to be self-sufficient and to trying hard to do that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Even if that trying hard is simply getting out of bed for the day because you're depressed and getting out of bed is hard. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? You know, it, you know, even stuff like that, you know, is stuff, you know, caring about yourself is putting things in place to kind of help you and and the people who don't have any you know are the, are the ones who end up you know lost they have no no direction to go to no 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 coping mechanisms yeah. nothing to 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 fall back on so don't think that i'm telling everybody you know because i realize it could come across that way that you know just pull yourself under strap join society be productive you know it's not what i mean i'm talking about for each individual circumstance no matter what that bar is no matter what bar it is, how low or how high or whatever, you know, it's just being an able, being able mm. to uh, uh, meet it and not using and 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 even you know, like I said, my being hard of hearing is not an excuse for me to be an asshole or act inconsiderate or anything like that because I'm mad at the world because I'm hard of hearing. You know, it, it's not an excuse, yeah. you know, and it's just, it's kind of the same thing. And it's this fine line of, yes, you get frustrated and you get depressed and you get all of these things, but taking it out on people is not okay. And it's this complicated, nuanced dance of knowing your own limitations, doing what you can, and other people understanding and being accommodating of that and helping Absolutely. you through. It's, it, it's a complicated yeah. knot that you're working to and that I think what we're talking about here with the graphic novel and, and how everybody kind of handles the hand that they were dealt with in, in essence. And what yeah. that means. And I mean, to also add to everything that you said, well, one, I didn't think you were disparaging anybody else for not pulling themselves up by their own boot bootstraps. So at least to me, you you got your point across clear. So don't even worry about it. But <laughs> I, like you know, for like it's important for everybody to like to know their own 
limitations and to ideally not be afraid to ask for help. But if you're, if you're, if your friend is asked or family or who, whoever, assuming y'all have a healthy relationship, there's no like trauma that you need that you need to work through or anything like that. You know, if, if somebody's asking you for help, not only should you like believe them, take their feelings into consideration, but fucking help them. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you, you know, like if you want a friend to come over and visit you, um, but they're in a wheelchair and you don't have a wheelchair ramp, build a fucking wheelchair ramp over your goddamn stairs, you know, so yeah. they can come visit you, you know, like, you know, some people might grab you and be like, oh, that's, that's, that's a big ask, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, well, if you want them to come to your house, you have to meet them halfway. That's meeting them halfway or you drive to them. Yeah. And and sometimes it does come down to um individual needs yeah. too. Um you know, that's where it's where it's sort of like listening and paying attention and taking kind of responsibility which you know and and we're kind of getting a little bit I you know this has to go with yeah. the nail biter <laughs> really wanting as positive because then it would give him an excuse of what he did, right? He wouldn't have to deal with that, the things he did or deal with the trauma or or the consequences or anything like that if he tested positive because he could just, and you could tell by the panel, he's really excited to find out, right? And that his reaction when he isn't, it was like he was hoping that, but but knowing that it's on you and you made those choices make it, be yourself to find out what yeah. you need because like what you were talking like people um you know i do see sometimes people talk about you know people who are dealing with issues they'll say well i don't know what to do some people say reach out to them you know if they're not talking you know if you're not a good friend if you don't reach out and some people say you know well we you know, leave us alone we can figure it out and while it seems contradicting at first what it comes down to is knowing the knowing yourself and what you need and being able to communicate that to take responsibility for what you need, you know, taking responsibility for that and saying, no, I, I need you to reach out to me every once in a while, or I, you know, I just need you to leave me alone to work mm -hmm. through it, you know, whatever that person needs. And while it seems contradictory, what it comes down to is that we're all different. You know, and but we still have to take responsibility for our choices, and everybody's going to need different yeah. things. There's no, there's you know. no easy way out. There's no escape pod. You know, um, I think you're, yeah, you're yeah. right on the money with the nail biter. You, 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 yeah, he wanted I mean, the easy way out. You know, he wanted to be absolved of yeah. his sins because he had a reason to be. But it's like, ah, buddy, that's yeah. not how that works. <laughs> Yeah, that's not yeah. how that works. I mean, so this graphic novel to kind of sum up is very much about what makes us monsters. What do we take responsibility for? What do we place the blame on? There was a lot of wanting to place blame, you know, on a curse or being the family member of a butcher or coming through Buckaroo. There was a lot of trying to pinpoint the origin, trying to find something to place the blame on trying to find a reason, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes that helps you to understand. And sometimes it's just a smoke screen yeah. to avoid dealing with the situation you have in front of you. Sometimes finding out the origin can be illuminating uh, on things in your life so you can begin to go past. But sometimes that sort of thing can just be looking for a place to play the yeah. blame. And I think we see that kind of epitomized in Finch and Nailbiter and their reaction to wanting to find out, you know, um, you know, is it, is it a, is it a way to place blame or is it a way to, to illuminate and move forward? You know, what is it for you yep. and everything like that? So our DNA doesn't make us monsters. Know. No. Yep. We don't need the help. No. <laughs>
really don't. <laughs> we really don't need the help if we're human. We don't. Oh man. Um, yeah. So that was yeah. The nail. I really enjoyed awesome. it. Yeah. I I and I got the. Uh, I got the big, you know, when I knew we were doing it. I hadn't read it. This was one of Joanna's suggestions. I got the big, beautiful uh, hardcover with all the extras and everything like that. And I'm super let me, glad. Let me see it real quick. Mine, mine's just the normal, like, softback, different color. Mm. And it's kind of interesting because yeah. my it's a six-volume vol, series. And the colors, they're like, it's almost like a rainbow. And so pretty. Unlike the spines, nice. it has no representation on the material inside whatsoever. <laughs> no, for colors. sure. Um, I got the um, uh, the hardcover deluxe. <laughs> oh my gosh, allergy! <laughs> Thank you. Um, I got the hardback deluxe murder edition. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're, um, I think I yeah. showed you a picture Throughout of the them. They're, they're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're beautiful. And, and, um, three beautiful, just hardbacks. It has scripts in the back and extra art. Um, really cool. I'm glad I got that. I, I was glad I read it, you know, very interesting, um, thinking about, you know, morality, what makes us monsters? Where do we come from? How much does our environment, how much does who we are, how much do the people affect mm-hmm. who we are, you know, and, and just the various ways that that comes to light and doesn't really give you definite answers. It gives yeah. you a bunch of different reactions to it and allows you to wrestle with those questions. Absolutely. Yourself, I would, I would place I all of that in kind of the overarching theme of like your relationship to yourself. There's a lot of that mm-hmm. in this series. A lot of different re- re- representations. Yeah. You. What creates you? Is it the town you come from? Like we saw with, you know, Daniel, the guy who didn't want to live there anymore. Obviously he thought his life would be better if he didn't come yeah. from there anymore. Or whether it was how you grew up, like um, Henry and Fairgold, why was he a bully? Was it because of his family? Was it because of, you know what I mean? We see various factors. And it, like I said, it doesn't give you any answers, um, but um, I think it just kind of gives you a sense of all of it does in a way, I guess. And and it allows you to wrestle with that. Pick it up, y'all. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what are we doing next? Oh, what time? other what, what are we unpacking in in two weeks? Which which box are we opening? We are going to be talking about a wonderful novella by Stephen Graham Jones called Mapping the Interior. Um, it was originally released in 2017 and well, I'm I'm gonna read briefly read a little snippet from the from the Amazon page for for this because I absolutely my description what I'm what I would do off the cuff right now does not do it justice. Um, so uh, walking through his own house at night, a 15 year old thinks he sees another person stepping through a doorway instead of the people who could be there, his mother or his brother, the figure reminds him of his long gone father who died mysteriously before his family left the reservation. When he follows it, he discovers his house is bigger and deeper than he knew. It's, we're going to get to talk about family relationships, right? Which we haven't done since I want to say Sybil. Yeah. So really, really excited to do this. Uh, We're, we're gonna have a special a special guest too for this one. We're, we're hoping. We're hoping. We're hoping. We got yes, you know. We got yes. we got uh lucky with our with with yeah. our with our last guest. So only we can yeah, get another one see. on here. But yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> on the docket for next time. In the meantime, if you've read this nail biter comic book series give us a shout out on twitter or on podbean let us know your thoughts give us a follow on twitter we are at the box underscore podcast you can listen to tell us what's in the box on stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, and podbean 
Um, if you can't find us on the internet, I can't can't help you there, son. I'm sorry. We <laughs> We're uh, on there. Leave us comments. Like, talk yeah. about it. Um, you know, we were thrilled when someone said that they had like waited. Uh, like our podcast coming up was giving them an excuse to pick up lock and key because they had gotten oh. it for Christmas and they hadn't read it yet. And, and then our podcast was coming up, so it kind of gave him an excuse. So that was really that was really sweet. We want more of that. We want more people to come and talk to us and and suggest things. So just you know, what should we unbox? You know, what do you want to hear us talk about? You know, I the reason why I like this is that um you know, we kind of just go into it talking about what we want to talk about. You know, it's not really formal. It's yeah. just us talking about it and the relationships and just what it springs to mind. You know, even if we go a little off the path a little bit, you know, I always have fun doing it because, you know, it makes me think about art and it makes me think about my relation to it and what I think. So same, um, same here. Yeah. All right, y'all. Uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>